Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Enterprise Architecture Radio. If you're thinking about organizational complexity and agility, if you're concerned about operational efficiencies and thinking of taking it to the next level, if managing innovation is one of your priorities, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we talk about all of that and more. It's a jungle out there, and we'll attempt to navigate this jungle of frameworks, methods, and most importantly, enterprise architecture in practice. I wanted to talk about products today. What is a product? In my opinion, a product is a body of work that is standardized for a large segment of customers. It provides a set of services and it can be purchased off the shelf. A detergent is a product. A television is a product. A bottle of Coca-Cola is a product. Apple computers manufactures laptops and phones and all of these are products. Now, the biggest benefit of a product is it is standardized. What that means is it reduces the cost of making the product. If you go the other way, let's say that there is a television manufacturing company and it tries to understand the needs and requirements of every single customer that they have and they custom manufacture televisions for them. Think about how much the manufacturing cost would be and ultimately how much the product cost would be. But what they do instead is they standardize the requirements for a large group of people. So there would be high definition large televisions with excellent audio quality for the higher segment uh, customer. And then they'll also make smaller televisions with not that high definition picture quality and not that high quality audio for the economy segment of the market. But there is still standardization. It's the same with detergents, for example. They standardize features such as there'll be a detergent for white clothes and there'll be a detergent for colored clothes. But ultimately, it's the standardization of the products that reduce the cost of the product. And it's also not just about the cost. It is also about what the customer would like to pick. Even the customer do not want to go through the long and complicated process of specifically telling you what their requirements are. In fact, they are happily willing to compromise on some of the requirements that they might have to buy a standardized product. Now, let's say that you're running a service. Now, majority of the times, the services that we see in the industry, whether it is a a software services organization or a consulting services organization or a, or a business services organization like an HR consultancy firm or a recruitment firm, what we see is that their services are always customized. Now, the cost of these services is not very high because they are services and not really a product. So there's no manufacturing involved. And that is why people don't think about selling their service as a product. But think about it. If we were able to sell our service as a product, how would that make a difference? And what are the benefits that we are going to get out of it? If you really ask me, there are four stages to this. First, there are custom services. This is the absolute basic beginning stage. Whenever there is a services company that starts off their work, they start as custom services to their specific clients. If there is an accounting firm and they're providing accounting services, what that would mean is that every time there is a customer, they would have to hire an accountant uh, who would provide accounting services 
to their customer. This essentially means the cost goes up. But what if they had a product that would essentially be a body of work, which would include certain accounting services that they could buy off the shelf? And this doesn't just apply to services organizations. This could also apply to services functions. Let us say that you're running an infrastructure solutions delivery service within a larger organization, or you're providing AWS cloud services within a pharmaceutical company or a bank or a financial services company or what have you. You're ultimately running a service. You're providing a service to your in-house customers. This applies to that as well. When you start off, Every single service that you provide is a custom service. Every application that requires hosting services will be dealt with individually. So that's the first stage, custom services. The second stage, I feel, is productization of these services, right? Uh, you try to understand how you can standardize your services, how you can make sure that your customers are able to buy a specific set of services, a body of work, so to speak, off the shelf. Now, they will have certain requirements that they're willing to compromise on just because it's available to them as a service. It reduces their options, of course, but it enhances their buying experience and it reduces the cost for the organization that is providing those services. And then the next step in the, in the cycle would be creating a product, right? So one is productizing your set of services and then creating a product or should I say a host of products. You know, you have a a portfolio of products that customers can buy off the shelf that provides standardized set of services that not only improve the customer experience of buying the product, but also helps you in many other ways besides reducing the cost. You can sell the product, you can market the product in a much better manner because now you know that it's a product. You can make it flashy. You can have a wrapper around it, like, you know, like a real product, like every product on the, on the departmental store shelf you see has a flashy wrapper around it. So, you know, you can market the product better. You can standardize the product. You can target specific market segments and you can sell the product as a unit of body of work. And the last and final stage in this life cycle is selling the product as a service. Yes, we've come a full circle back to services. You're absolutely right. The only difference is now you're selling a host of products that are standardized for specific market segments and you're selling them as a service. Now, what does it mean by selling a product as a service? It's just the payment model that really differs, if you really ask me. Think about it. What did you do earlier when you used to have on-premise data centers? You would buy a product, you would buy uh, a server, you would buy a server rack or you'd buy a chassis on which you'll have uh, server blades or what have you. And then you'd purchase them, which essentially involved a capital expenditure or an investment of sorts, which would basically last you for a long period of time until the life of the product. And then you'd have to do a hardware refresh, which essentially meant you would have to put together another large sum of money and buy another server because this server has gone, um, has become outdated. Now, what do you do? You purchase the same hosting services from AWS or Azure or Google Cloud or OCP or what have you, right? You buy the services of hosting 
from a service provider. But what are you really buying? You're buying the product, but you're buying it on a subscription model. You only pay as you go. And it's the same thing everywhere. This is the new model um, of doing business. And it's been revolutionized by Apple, if you really ask me, when they revolutionized the music industry by providing music as a service. And it's everywhere, whether it's earlier used to buy audio cassettes, uh, and that used to be a capital expenditure of sorts. You, you do, used to buy the cassette and it used to come to you as a product. And there's very little customization that you could do. And most of the times I used to buy an album and only one or two songs were really good and the rest of the songs were just you know not that good. And I would still have to bear with them because that's a uh, set of services that that cassette used to provide. But I used to buy it as a product. Now what happens is there is still a product it's just that now I'm able to customize the services that I need on the product. So we go back to the same same service model that we started with in step one, except that it's now better, more standardized, cleaner, and it gives you the options to customize again. Of course, there's going to be some amount of compromise that the customer would have to make on the services that they require. But still, there is a considerable amount of flexibility that the service now provides, product as a service now provides. Um, I can go for an EC2 instance, for example, on AWS, and I can pick and choose uh, exactly what size I require. And it gives me the flexibility to change my mind midway, which wasn't there earlier. Earlier, I used to buy a big server, and if I didn't like it, I would have to stick with it. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, if the server didn't perform or if the server required a high maintenance cost, I'd have to stick with it until the life of the product. That doesn't have to be there anymore. Today, I can buy an EC2 instance of a certain size and that if I don't like that particular EC2 server, I can get rid of it and I can buy another product, right? So that becomes a product as a service. It's the same with entertainment services. You know, I can buy a Netflix subscription. And if I'm not happy with what I have, I can always switch to another kind of a subscription. So that is product as a service. Now think about enterprise architecture as a product, right? There are a set of services that an enterprise architecture organization provides. And 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 when you start off, uh, when you're new within the organization, your maturity level is low. It is a customized service for every single project, every single transformation that the organization goes through, right? We learn. And then as we grow more and more matured, we start creating products out of it. And there can be specific products within the enterprise architecture services, a host of services that the enterprise architecture team provides to the rest of the organization, whether it's data insights or whether it's collection of data or whether it's using those data insights and getting engaged with the actual implementation of a project. Now, this is a very interesting topic that uh, that came into my head this morning when I was thinking about um, what should be the next topic uh, on my podcast. And I am still sort of, um, I've just sown the seeds of this idea in my head about enterprise architecture as a product and then selling that product as a service. And and it's new in my head. So I'm still forming, I'm still giving structure to these ideas. If you have any thoughts about this, if you think that in a productization of enterprise architecture services and then selling those products as a service um could benefit in a certain way or the other, or what are the different kinds of products that we can build within the set of services that an enterprise architecture capability provides, please let me know. Please talk to me about it. Uh, let's have a healthy discussion. Uh, let's see where this goes. That's all I have for you today, folks. I hope you enjoy the show. 
More about organizational agility, innovation, and enterprise architecture in the practical world, in the business, right here on the show. But before I end the show, I want you to help me out with this one little thing. Pause the show and share this podcast via WhatsApp or text message with at least one person who might be interested in the show. It could be anyone, your colleague, your boss, someone in your team. That's all I ask. Just one share with one message via text or WhatsApp or any social media of your choice. And it would go a long way in supporting this podcast and growing this listener base. Also, please don't forget to follow the podcast. That way, you'll get notified when we publish a new episode. If you want to find out more about us, you can find us at enterprisearchitectureradio.com. If you have ideas, thoughts, disagreements, please feel free to write to me directly. Uh, we also have a Telegram group if you would like to contribute to the EA discussions or what have you. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio on Telegram. Now, the URL to join the group is https colon slash slash t.me slash enterprise architecture radio. While our contact details are there in the show notes, they're very easy to find. Just search for Enterprise Architecture Radio anywhere. Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, even Discord. Once again, I hope you had fun and I'll see you in the next one.